Welcome in to another new podcast from Materials Performance Magazine. My name is Ben Duvos, and I'm the news editor of the AMP Publications team. Today, we're joined by Polly Stewart of Abriox. If you are not already aware, Abriox is a high technology company specializing in remote monitoring and control for pipelines. The group works with a number of large oil, gas, and petrochemicals companies, and their systems work by monitoring the integrity and pressures of oil and gas pipelines, which in turn help to improve the efficiency of fuel distribution networks. In 2023, these systems also give Abriox a level of insight when it comes to helping pipeline operators address many of their topical compliance issues. That includes the mega rule, along with many other laws and regulations that are currently out there. So that's what Polly is going to be discussing with us today. Polly, welcome to the podcast. And if you could, I think a good place to start would be by telling our audience a little bit about yourself and your time in the industry, along with what it is you're doing today with Abriox. Sure, Ben. I'm the head of marketing and legal insight at Abriox, which many AMP members and materials performance readers and listeners will know is an award-winning high-tech corporation. Abriox specializes in the design and manufacture of remote monitoring systems for utility pipelines. For example, we make the solar-powered Sunbird SP Test Post Monitor, which was a finalist in the MP Innovation of the Year Awards this year, and that will be really familiar to many MP readers and listeners. I was the managing editor of a leading oil and gas magazine, and now, as well as working at Abriox, I'm doing the bar course and a master's in space law. So I'm very interested in compliance issues because in regulated sectors, like the energy sector, the consequences of non-compliance can be absolutely catastrophic. So let's start there. Why is compliance so topical these days when it comes to corrosion management. I know your personal expertise is at this intersection when it comes to the industry and compliance. Why is that within our field of managing corrosion so topical right now? Well, I think we need a drum roll here, Ben. (laughs) The reason compliance is such a hot topic on everyone's lips at the moment well, everyone who works in the oil and gas sector in the US and internationally is because of Megarol. And it might be worthwhile to have a little bit of a quick history lesson here. There have been pipelines transporting oil and water and gas in the US for about 150 years. In fact, the very first oil pipelines were reportedly made of wood. Now, that's true. That's from the Smithsonian magazine. It wasn't until 1968 that Congress enacted the first pipeline safety law. That same year, to police the law, it established a department to enforce pipeline safety. But over several decades, this particular department was met with wide criticism by different parts of the US government for poor record keeping, failures to enforce, and apparently it didn't even have a map or list of the pipelines it was supposed to be regulating. In 2004, the Department for Transport established the Pipeline and Hazardous Materials Safety Administration, or PIMSA. 
And PIMSA has the power to make laws, amend laws, enforce laws, and impose penalties for non-compliance of those laws by pipeline operators. And PIMSA's key initiative to date has been mega rule. So let's simplify this. What exactly is the mega rule? So mega rule is not its proper name. And I wish I could tell you who came up with mega rule because I've literally not been able to establish that. Mega rule is the nickname for parts of the federal pipeline safety regulations, which PIMSA has been amending and updating and expanding. It was a massive legal compliance project, which they have been working on for over a decade. And you could argue that in terms of the research, the scope, the detail, it is probably one of the world's largest single regulatory framework projects. It was so big that once PIMSA got started, they had to divide it into sections. It got literally hundreds of new rules, updated rules, new specifications, new definitions, new process requirements that are contained within three separate parts of mega rule. And each of those three parts was released at different times, one in 2019, one in 2021, and one in 2022. Mega Rule Simplified is the new law that governs every aspect of the gathering and transmission of natural gas and other hazardous substances along regulated onshore pipelines. So it covers everything from the materials pipelines are made of, all specifications, integrity monitoring, data gathering, storage of data, reporting, procedures, everything. As I mentioned, there are hundreds of rules and amendments and any company or even a person with a regulated pipeline now has to comply with mega rule. And by a person, I mean that when PIMSA were investigating and researching how to re-regulate the pipeline industry, they discovered that it's not just energy companies that have regulated pipelines, but some people have them as well. So if someone owns a big ranch or a farm, they might have a regulated pipeline on their property. Hmm. So I guess the next question is, what is a regulated pipeline? But there is no definition, there's no definitive answer. The answers are in the sum of the parts that all the specifications and the rules cover. So depending on what the pipeline is carrying, depending on the diameter of the pipeline, depending on the maximum operating pressure of the pipeline, that will determine whether it is a regulated pipeline. So PIMSA have cast the net really widely to ensure that all pipelines that ought to be regulated will be regulated by mega rule. So I want to circle back to something you said earlier. Are there actually three mega rules? Is that a fair way to look at this? So yes, there are three mega rules, but there's not three rules. Each mega rule is essentially a set of releases or updates or amendments or new laws, separate lines if you like, to the regulations. 
The first mega rule was published in October 2019, and it was mainly focused on integrity management issues relating to high-pressure transmission pipelines in high-consequence areas, such as residential areas. The second mega rule was published in November 2021, and it extended the reporting requirements to gas gathering operators. So the first mega rule was about gas transmission pipelines. The second mega rule brought in gas gathering pipelines as well. Mega rule three was published in August 2022, and it addresses a range of different specific issues relating to integrity management. For example, it introduced the compulsory inspection of pipelines following extreme weather events. Mega Rule 3 was slightly different from the previous two mega rules because it was published after significant consultation with community groups, environmental groups and other pipeline operator stakeholders. All the mega rules have different effective from dates with different criteria and different timelines for achieving the compliance requirements that they address. So going back further, what led to the mega rule? What were the motivating factors that led to all of this? Well, unfortunately, as with so many laws relating to safety and accident prevention, PIMSA has stated that Megarol came about after a series of very serious pipeline incidents, and in particular one in 2010 on the West Coast, where a number of people died and dozens were hospitalised after a gas pipeline failed and released gas which ignited, causing a massive explosion in a residential area. So... Prior to Megarol, pipeline operators were effectively left to their own devices when it came to developing and implementing and policing their own rules. And you can see how that happened because the vast majority of energy companies are safe and responsible corporate citizens and citizens of the communities they are based in or they serve. But It wasn't an ideal situation, let alone best practice, to have different companies with different rules and different processes for constructing pipelines, for gathering data and reporting. That situation would make it and did make it extremely difficult for a regulator to regulate and certainly regulate in a manner that is timely, consistent, safe, fair and and transparent so the public can see what's going on and the public can understand what's going on. I think additionally, when a result of non-compliance can have such catastrophic consequences in terms of loss of life, injury to life and severe environmental impact, it is up to the government to centralise any risk which can be identified, assessed and brought into a regulatory regime to be mitigated. So for companies, if they break compliance laws, what are the consequences? Are we talking about big fines, sanctions? Just when we're talking about potential penalties, what does not complying with the mega rule potentially lead to? 
So when we're talking about mega rule, PIMSA has wide ranging enforcement powers. Bearing in mind that mega rule is all about preventing problems before they happen, and it's about assisting and supporting energy companies to become compliant with mega rule. Um, PIMSA does have the power to force pipeline operators which are in breach of compliance regulations to fix those breaches, uh, to fix those breaches to a certain standard and within a certain defined time period. But PIMSA can also impose civil penalties by way of fines against those pipeline operators if they are found to be in violation of the regulations. So, for example, one single and accurate record could attract a fine of around $1,800. However, if an organization was found to have committed multiple related serious violations or one serious violation which persisted over several days, they can be fined to just over $250,000 each day up to a maximum of two and a half million dollars for that violation and that's under federal civil penalties law and it's important to note that in certain circumstances in some states third parties can also find themselves needing to be compliant with mega rule and subject to pins action such as excavators which can damage pipelines so let's talk about this on an individual level. If we're talking about, say, a senior executive of a company or even a pipeline engineer, can people themselves get into trouble for these compliance failures? So in a nutshell, yes. U.S. prosecutors have shown that they are not adverse to pursuing manslaughter charges against people working for energy companies and trying to hold them personally responsible for incidents which resulted in death, so pipeline incidents which mm. resulted in death. Now, manslaughter is a criminal matter, and in most states it is a felony and it will attract a penalty involving a minimum period of incarceration. And most of us would think that a crime involving jail time would be the result of doing something really bad and unlawful, right? Mm -hmm. But it's important to note that it's not just unlawful activities that have the potential to result in a manslaughter charge if there was a catastrophic accident resulting in loss of human life as a result of a pipeline failure. It also includes lawful activities which have been carried out in a grossly negligent or reckless way. So this is why it is so important for every level and every person working for a pipeline operator to make sure they are mega rule compliant. Wow, that definitely sounds pretty scary. What can or should companies do to ensure they're compliant and avoid that type of scenario? Okay, so I'm obviously not giving legal advice, just making observations, <laughs> right. but my suggestion would be to get good legal advice and or good 
expert technical advice to ensure compliance with mega rule. And there are a number of excellent law firms, or I think you might call them attorney practices and technical energy consultancies out there which specialize in energy operation compliance and mega rule. I would be cautious about other types of companies which cannot demonstrate that they have that specialist independent legal or technical expertise and who claim that by buying their product, your company will auto automatically become mega rule compliant. Maybe you will, but in that scenario, personally, I would ask for the evidence before you sign the contract and pay the money. You, you don't want to be in a position in five years where one of your products has failed and people have died, the environment has been decimated, and it's your fault and you are legally responsible. Same question for individuals. What should an individual do to ensure that he or she is following those rules? Well, the simple thing to do is to follow the rules. And, you know, if you are in a situation where you have real concern about non-compliance, get advice, get advice from the person you report to, get advice from your union. Uh, there are hotlines that are established to give people uh, confidential, independent advice and guidance on what to do if they're in a situation that they feel they need to report something um, so they can report it in a responsible and legal, legally appropriate way. So we're talking now with Polly Stewart of Abriox about topical compliance issues for pipeline operators and most of our discussion has been about the mega rule, well to be precise the three mega rules and strategies to ensure compliance with that. Yet it's easy to forget that 15, 20 years ago, really not that long ago, there was no mega rule. This is something that's relatively new in the grand scheme, but looking forward, is mega rule the end as it pertains to these types of requirements, or are there other things potentially coming down the pipe? Basically, is mega rule the end of the requirements that pipeline operators need to be worried about? I don't see that. No. The Deputy Administrator of PIMSA, Tristan Brown, recently told Congress that mega rule was designed to be an iterative process, so an ongoing process. It's worthwhile noting that in April, just a few weeks ago, PIMSA amended the third mega rule to ensure technical consistency within that rule. So the third mega rule has already been subject to amendments. Additionally, that third rule expands corrosion control obligations for transmission pipelines, but it exempts gathering and distribution pipelines. So it's likely that gathering and distribution pipelines will be added to mega rule at some point in the future. Also, offshore pipelines have been excluded from mega rule and they are under PIMS's remit. So yes, it's likely that those will be brought into the regulations. Finally, PIMSA is very much engaged at the moment in investigating and assessing cybersecurity matters. So it is likely that we will see regulations concerned with cyber defense systems for pipeline operators proposed in the near future. So with this situation clearly still evolving, 
how can companies future-proof their compliance? Well, it's my personal opinion that companies need to regard compliance as a fluid situation and be very proactive in their approach. Ensuring that everyone in the organization is engaged and committed to achieving legal compliance in all their operations in the present time will have a positive flow-on impact to ensuring that future compliance issues are identified before they become problems. Excellent insight there from Polly Stewart of Abriox. Polly, thank you so much for the time today. Is there anything else that you wanted to add or have we covered everything that uh, that you all wanted to put out there as far as the mega rule and potential compliance? Well, there is just so much reading that people can do, so <laughs> get reading. <laughs> do your homework, basically. Exactly. All right, well, just as a uh, as a resource, certainly you can go to the PEMSA website. That's phmsa.dot. .gov, PIMSA.gov, and that'll get you to the website of the United States Pipeline Hazardous Materials Safety Administration. You've got lots of resources there, and of course, you can check out what Abriox offers in terms of compliance at their website, abriox.com, A-B-R-I-O-X.com. With that, we will bring this episode of the Materials Performance Interview Series to a close. For Polly Stewart of Abriox, I'm Ben Dubose, news editor of the AMP Publications team. If you want more resources from us, visit materialsperformance.com or amp.org, and you can see what we have available as far as content for your consumption as well. Once again, thanks for listening, and please come back soon for another new episode of the Materials Performance Interview Series.